10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Saturday, September 23rd. This is what we call the Saturday Night Special. You got Ked here. Ked's with Hal. Hal, how's it going, buddy? It's good. Nice. It's about almost midnight, almost Sunday. Feeling good. Tossing a few back, just kind of hanging out, talking about the whole NHL season coming up. Um, Both kind of making some career moves, hopefully. So, uh... Be on the lookout for that, dude. Hal may have an unleashment party coming here soon. But, um, yeah, so you want to hop right into it? How was your week? Actually, let it let us all know how your week was. It's nice. I mean, you know, tough week at work. Uh, last night I fell asleep about 9.30, which is a tough look for a Friday Jesus, night. Yes, man. I woke up revived, though. Went out, nice little boat watching today. Had a couple martinis, uh. Saw a couple bald eagles, some sea lions and shit. It was a good day on the on the wharf. For, for, for you guys listening, Hal's actually t- 25 years old, and he's not 41. Um, my weekend's been decent. What did I do? Uh, I had a re- I had a ref course. Saw, I saw D- BizDev Dale play. Um, Sienna won in overtime ACHA, so that was kind of cool. Got home for the Rangers game. Yeah, man, I'm pretty pumped for tomorrow. I'm going to sleep in late tomorrow, so that would be nice. But uh, you want to get into NHL in the news? Let it rip, dude. All right. First things first, Tom Wilson gets a two-game uh, pre- preseason suspension. Um, he gets tough with uh, Yaskin after. So, like, how much of a scumbag do you need to be to get suspended in the preseason for regular season games? Yeah, I mean, well, Tom Wilson's a pretty huge scumbag. I hate Tom Wilson. If he was on the Bruins, would you like him, though? I always kind of judge it like that. Like, if I see him as a scumbag... I see him a scumbag, but then if I see him on my team, if I like him, maybe he's not that scummy. But, like, if he was on the Rangers, I would still be kind of just like, Jesus Christ, like, we have this goon. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, I would probably like him, but at the same time, he's going to do things that you can't defend as a fan because he's a fucking scumbag. Yeah. I mean, originally, you showed, you told me he got the two-game suspension. I didn't even know what it was for. I didn't either, by the <laughs> way. I just saw it on Twitter. I thought it was for, so he makes the hit, which was late. They give him a two-game preseason suspension, which is different. Like, does that even matter? Oh, no, he's going to miss two games in the preseason. No, 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 no. He misses two regular season games. No, it's 100% the preseason. I don't think that's correct. I'm going to look it up. Keep talking. Uh, so, I'll okay, fact checks my correctness. Uh, Tom Wilson then gets in a fight with Yaskin, who's sticking up for his teammate, and he's punching Yaskin when Yaskin's on the ice. Like, How's right, by the way. But, yeah, keep going. No, you're not. No, I said you're right. Oh, oh, okay. I feel I feel a lot better now. Uh, so he's punching Yaskin when he's already on the ice, like defenseless. It's like, how big of a loser do you have to be? Like, I know you're tough, Tom Wilson. Why are you knocking down a fucking defenseless Dimitri 
gas. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, You're not a fall people. That's like, he's. A, I think Tom Wilson's a pussy. Like, you can't defend stuff like that from like your quote unquote tough guy. Like, one, I guess people are like, oh, you just like the old code or whatever like that. It's like, I don't know. It's almost like common courtesy to a certain extent. You're going to ruin a guy's season who's sticking up for his teammate in the preseason because you're too big of a scumbag to hold it in for one game. Like, what is, and on top of that, what does a preseason suspension even do? Like, if you're out there in the preseason, I think you are the biggest scumbag in the world. I understand some guys are trying to make teams. He's not trying to make a team. Why are you trying to injure people and make dirty plays in the preseason when you know you have a spot locked up? Like, that's the scummy as scummy can get. The only person I can think of who used to do that was, like, Steve Downey. He used to end careers. Oh, Dean McCammon, right? Yeah, um, I agree with most of what you're saying. I think in the preseason, especially if you're an NHL regular, what are you really trying to prove? I feel like you're probably just trying to get your con- conditioning back, maybe establish some sort of uh, chemistry with other people on your line, stuff like that. Maybe this was just a ploy by him where he doesn't really want to play in the preseason. He's just like, maybe I'll go out and do this so I don't have to play any more preseason games. That that could that could be something. Um and also, I understand the code. I think that there there are times where if you're in a fight and somebody's on the ground, if they do something reckless enough, that you just keep throwing. Like, and we've seen it. Like with the passion of fighting, like sometimes there's stage fights, whatever. But sometimes there's like legitimate fights where you're just fucking losing your shit and you're just throwing down. This isn't one of those times. Dimitri Askin, European, uh, not really, you know, known for being tough. Just trying to stick up for his teammate. I think as an enforcer slash grinder slash like you've been there, you've done that. I feel like you should be able to realize that this guy really isn't like trying to make any sort of statement other than the fact that he's trying to stand up for his teammates. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, if you weren't such a scumbag, you wouldn't be there in the first place. And you already fucking knocked him out. Exactly. It's over. Yeah, and I think from there, I mean, it's not, yeah. I thought that was fucking stupid. Capitals fans, sorry, you guys are probably going to be eliminated in the second round. Definitely going to be eliminated in the second round, so go fuck yourself. Uh, moving on, Marshan was hot in the streets. Your boy Brad Marshan uh, hit Twitter, hit the social media this week, uh, talking about the NHL face-offs, um, chirping people. Here's just a couple of them. Uh... Mark, what's his name? Mark Edward Vlasic? Did I get that right? Uh, tweeted out something about the medals. Uh, Marshan said, I'm sure no one in the NHL wanted these. Uh, and then some some poor innocent soul uh, tweeted at him, since when has legal ever mattered to you? You've been a plug. And he said, I think I'll have to agree to disagree on your plug comment. We can all agree that you look like the pig in Charlotte's Web, though. That's a fat joke. And then uh, a random tweet. Best trip I ever got was from Eric Cole. Lined up at the face-off and asked me how the hot dog smelled. Had a good chuckle at that one. Mar- is Marshan trying to be the social media bad boy of the NHL? I don't know. I think... Oh, he also he also had a video saying how big of a joke that the face-offs, which we're going to talk about, was and how like centermen make millions of dollars from being able to win draw, stuff like that. So Brad Marshan just went on an anti- NHL go fuck yourself like rampage for the entire week. Well, on top of that, he had a. Uh, it was like his first or second faceoff he took in that game. Following that quote, he got a penalty for it. He was fucking <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. As a Bruins fan, I love Marchand, and he's always kind of been like this. He hasn't. He's never really been on Twitter like this. Usually, it's just pictures of him hunting with like a fucking 
sponsorship from Cabela's or some shit, but... He's going in. He's going in. I think he's trying to create some hype on the Brad Marchand train, which I'm totally okay with. The cool thing about this is he's always been staying, saying stuff like this in the media, like just kind of chirping the NHL or refs or whatever. But it never really catches wind because pretty much all NHL fans just are like, oh, whatever, that's just a wrap. But now that he's like a bona fide superstar, when he makes a comment about the NHL not being in the Olympics because he would have been there, or he's talking about the penalties, or he's chirping someone in general, it's like... A respected voice. Uh, there's like a pretty big heel turn going on right now in the NHL community where a lot more people that did not like Brad Marchand are kind of shutting up because he's the complete package at this point. Like, you can't really hate on his game. He's a full player. He's not just a pest anymore. He he has it to back it up. So, like, it's kind of weird, like, that he's not as hated as he used to be anymore. And now, with these chirps, I think people like him even more because he was just kind of saying stuff that the common fan was thinking. Although... Although, I mean, I don't know. There's probably a couple overweight guys that are sitting on the computer a little downtrodden. Because that... Guilty. <laughs> the pick in Charlotte's Web reference was a pretty pretty solid one. Yeah, I... Uh, poor, that guy has a family. Um, I mean, I guess on the odd side, he can tell his friends, like, hey, I interact with Brian Marchand on Twitter and just really not tell him about what he said. I kind of like it. I don't think that there's enough players in the league that have balls to kind of stand up for what they believe in. And Brad Marchand's just shooting from the hip. And, you know, I, I think that's great. I think the, the game needs more of that. More real stuff instead of just, like, your classic talking to a journalist being, like, PC about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I definitely think it's good for the league. And I think it's great for the Bruins because he seems fucking fired up and ready to go. Yeah. No, that's great for you guys. All right. So that was Brad Marchand. We're going to talk about penalties now in the NHL. Um, they're, they're getting ridiculous. I, I, uh, I wrote a blog about this. I forgot the exact numbers, but in the second night of preseason games, there were like 100-something penalties, and like half of them were slashing calls, and 10 of them were face-off violations. So the NHL is really clack- cracking down on the whole slashing thing. And the, the face-off violation, it's always been a rule, but they're like really being like dickheads about it this year. What are your thoughts on this? I think it just slows down the game. I mean, I'm okay with the slashing because I think the slashing is something that players can adjust with, but when it comes to face-offs, you want to be the first one in on, like, getting the puck, you know what I mean? And, like, they can kind of make an adjustment, but in a tight game, you're going to want to get to that puck first. And I just think it's irrelevant. Brad Marchand uh, actually talked about how, like, centermen, like, make millions of dollars off being able to win face-offs a certain way, and you're kind of just taking away, like, their clout and their money that they could be making. I don't know. I think it's kind of stupid. I'm all right about the slashing, but I think the uh, the face-off thing's dumb. Yeah, I mean, I barely even really noticed the slashing. I know there's been a lot of calls. And I know, two preseasons when refs, like, learn how to make calls properly. The slashing is like, or the face-off is a joke. I, I don't really get it. I get, I mean, once again, it comes back to the NHL being like, we need more goals. But, like, you're really going to call, like, Face-off penalties in close games or any game whatsoever. It doesn't matter what time of the game it is. Like, that's fucked. Like, I, I just don't, like, I just don't think it's an issue. And it's not. The thing that surprises me is so many of these rule changes, I think, if you've ever been to, like, basically player safety. Like, if it's about player safety and you're making the game safer for your players, that's fine. But, like, it's not like we see guys getting lit up in the face-off dock because guys are cheating in. Like, it has nothing to do with player mm-hmm. safety. It has everything to do with goals. But at the end of the day, like, I don't want to watch these preseason games. It's five on four, four on four, four on three. 
Like, I don't want to watch a special teams relay every fucking game. Of it. Yeah. it does not make it more exciting. Like, if anything, it dilutes, like, those exciting moments. Because when there's when you're watching one of those games and it's like a grind-down fest, it's like the middle of February, two playoff contending teams, and you're in the second period, like, midway through the second, there hasn't been a penalty yet, and then someone, like, takes someone down, and there's that first power play. Like, that's a big fucking moment. But now, 18 seconds in, like, Right off the first face-off dot, we're getting, like, team violations, penalty kill, power play. It just seems nonstop. I hope I hope that it's just because of the preseason that they're just trying to, like, teach the players. But I think it's going to fuck with the league for a year. They need to change it. I don't think this rule should last. The, the face-off. face-off thing's fucking dumb. I don't want to be able to learn these refs' names. Like, I don't want to know what ref is refing. Like, you know what I mean? We watch hockey to watch hockey players, not to watch refs fucking swing their dick around and pretend to be like they mean something to the sport. I mean, they do because they kind of make sure that everybody's safe and they, and they call the rules and stuff like that. But, like, I'm over the whole face-off thing. Just let the let the boys play. I'm cool with the slashing stuff, but the face-off stuff's just so fucking dumb. So dumb. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it just seems unnecessary. I don't – other leagues make rule changes and people talk about how the NFL's going to die in, like, 20 years. But, like, I don't think anyone makes dumber changes that were so unnecessary than the NHL, like – just so unnecessary for no reason. No, it really is. It's fucking dumb. And then we want to talk about there's the other NHL new rule that they put out where basically last year every single game it was like face off or challenges, right? Offsides challenges, like seems like every single game. So they made it a little more interesting where if you get a if you do an offsides challenge, if you lose, you are you get a penalty, and mm-hmm. then you're on the peak. PK. So you don't need a timeout, but if you're willing to risk that, then you're going to get a PK. I'm okay with that. A good rule because now you actually have to think about if you want to challenge it and it's going to cut away from that time. It seems like every game, like the middle of the second or third period, we're, you're sitting there watching, like, trying to figure out if, like, a foot and, like, a puck were, like, going at the same time by, like, fucking inches. I mean, I don't know what you think, but to me... That's okay, because now coaches are actually going to really fucking think about it's it. It's weird for me, man, because I think the offside thing is so fucking dumb, but at the same time, you're right. There were so many times where it was challenged and it was overturned, and it kind of made you realize how many times these reps or the linesmen were actually, like, incorrect with the stuff that they're doing. But, like, you have to get it right. I still haven't seen a right angle of Philip Forsberg being offside in the Stanley Cup final. Still haven't seen one, but they overturned that, and the, and the Predators lost, I think that was game one, and that was a huge fucking moment in that series. Um... I, 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 I'm about this. They spent so much stupid time, like, looking at this stuff, and now coaches actually have to, like, they can't just throw it out just to throw it out. I think it should speed up the game quite a little bit better than what it was last year. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. So, it sounds like NHL's, like, one for three, two for three on rule changes. Like, really, it's, like, all unnecessary. Dude, the NHL, they're they're fucking, they're pissing me off. Um, moving on. One thing I can kind of get behind is the Las Vegas uh, Knights. Golden Knights? Las, no, Vegas Golden Knights, their Twitter account. They were kind of going in this week. Uh, they tweeted out the Kings, two Stanley Cups in the last five years, and once regarded as the best Twitter account in the league, and now what? And uh, they tweeted out the Canadians. Uh, we're definitely proud, but not as proud as the Canadians are of how many championships they won when they were in a, <laughs> when they were only when there were only six teams in the league, and then they hit them with the rolling eye emoji. I would love to know who's running the social media account. Like, how old this person is, like, what their background with hockey is. 
Like, do you think it's, like, some nerd? Like, do you think it's just some bro in Vegas, like, hanging out backwards hat with, like, flow? Like, I would love to know who's actually running this account because it keeps it interesting and it keeps other social media accounts on their toes. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, like, doing, I'm the complete opposite of you. The reason I brought this up is that I'm fucking over it. <laughs> I'm so fucking over it. Like, there's, is it funny? Like, I guess. Dude, to me, it's some fucking squid in an office who gets paid, like, $90,000 a year to run the social account. Kick it, fuck off, one. Really? Two, the, chirps, the chirps aren't that great. Like, I don't know, like, the original six thing, like, if I tweet that out, I'd get, like, two favorites and a fucking fart emoji sent to me by a Canadians fan. Like, it's not, it's not that funny. Like, it's not that sick. It's, to me, it's, when NHL teams, like, accounts get fucking funny and shit and they get personalities, like, they become, like, those, like, Phil Werrell fucking parody accounts. Like, get the fuck out of my face. I want, when I go to the Bruins Twitter account, I want interviews, I want lines, I want stats, don't fucking throw me a joke. Like, I get mad. The Bruins account, like, tweets something out about, like, Marshan talking about pizza after the team wins. I get, like, furious when I see those tweets. Yeah, you want to know what, though, dude? How pumped would you be if the guy who was running the Boston Bruins Twitter was, like, just a massive, like, masshole? Not that pumped. I think you would be, dude. No, I totally I think you would be. If he was just some sort of dickhead, uh, Patriots, Sox, dude the bees and just kept talking about how many championships Boston has. And just like, you know what I mean? Just like, like that cocky dickhead Boston kind of thing. I think if you I would wanted, be behind if it. If I wanted my team accounts between that emojis and stuff, I'd watch the NBA. Damn. Oh, I just, oh, get it. Like, I guess it's funny and I guess it keeps it interesting, but I don't, I think it's going to run out and then what's going to happen when they fucking suck. Yeah, I what guess. Say that? I guess it's going to be funny when like, when, who did they just trip? The Canadians play them, like, a couple months, and the Canadians beat them by, like, five. And then the Canadians, like, quote, tweet that. Like, oh, man, that's going to get, like, fucking 20 million retweets. But, like, do I give a fuck? Not really. Agree to disagree. I think it's kind of cool. New team in the league. I don't know, dude. I just I just kind of think it is. I think that's the NHL kind of reaching out to people, like, on Twitter, which they really have never done before. Like, they're trying to keep it mainstream. And I understand, like, you're not a mainstream guy. I'm a mainstream guy. We've been over this, dude. I'm about to fly morning rush. I'm about, like, what's going on in the world. And I think it could be better for the game if we have more mainstream. It would get more people involved in the game. Would it? I think it would. I think it would. Although, are these the type of people we would really want involved in the game? Probably not. But there would be more people to talk about. I'm very curious to see what the Vegas Golden Knights, like, crowd looks like. I can't tell if it's going to look like Talladega or if it's going to be, like, a rich... Uppity place, like I, I, I know it's yeah, dude. I know. Average ticket's more expensive than a Bruins ticket, so in Vegas. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I know it's opening year, but that's pretty impressive. They're already like top fifth, top ten, top ten in the league with average ticket price for home games, which is pretty good. I, I think they might have some nice luxury seats or something like that that might boost it. But at the same time, if that's your market, that's pretty cool. Because I always figured I thought it'd be kind of cheap. I thought you could like. I would say, and like put like twenty dollars down on like blackjack table, and like if you win, you can go to the Vegas Gold Knights game like that. No, yeah, I didn't know it was that expensive. Well, good for the Knights, I guess, or bad for the Knights in your eyes. Uh, last section of NHL in the news. One of my 
Yeah, one of my favorite players of all time, Sean Avery, uh, former Ranger, kind of. He wrote this new book, which I'm going to need to buy. I don't think it's out yet. But just put John Tortorella in an absolute body bag. A little background information. I'll read this to you quick. Uh, I was sick to my stomach, and my wife was there to console me and give me support. This is in regards to Derek Bugard. Uh, which helped me stop me from doing something that could have landed me in prison. I've never felt more hatred towards someone in my life than I felt toward Tortorella at that moment. It was more of a shock of it was more of a shock than when I heard that Derek had died. Tortorella's stated reason for missing funeral was inability to fly because of recent hip surgery. I can promise you right now that if I had been Tortorella and the doctors had told me not to fly, I would have taken a bus, which Mr. Dolan, the owner of the Rangers, would have surely paid for. Uh, with whatever therapist needed to make the trip to Regina, a 30-hour drive from New York City. A coach not attending his players' funeral is unheard of, but maybe it's just as well he wasn't there since, my, in my opinion, the appalling manner in which he treated Derek after he was injured had been a factor in Derek's decline and death. Shots fired. There were a couple things. There was another quote that Avery said. Oh, roll down. Roll, yeah. Well, that was it, wasn't it? I have another one that I put in there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Tortorella had a, uh, has a reputation of a, as a hard-ass, but not if you know him as a player. We used to laugh at him all the time. There was always someone in the dressing room who wanted to take their skate and decapitate him or take their stick and whack him over the head with it. Marion Gabrick despised him with every bone in his body. Even Hank Lundquist and even Keeled Swede, who was usually in his own world, thought Tortorella was a terrible manager of pro athletes, and he can't skate and stick handle a puck at the same time, and, and he doesn't realize we don't take him seriously because of that. More background on the Henrik Lundqvist thing. Uh, Hank and Sean Avery put in money towards this one club, and uh, Tortorella talked to him and told him it wasn't a good idea and he should keep his mind focused on hockey. Always love Sean Avery. I love the fact that he could piss off literally anybody. I remember when we were playing the uh, Atlanta Thrashers in the playoffs, he made Kovalchuk like have an aneurysm. It was really funny. He played the game hard. Yes, he was a scumbag. I get that, but he, he kind of and he in in his book he talks about how it was, it was like a character of like him playing hockey, and that's like how he looked at it. Couple things about this, I, it could go both ways. I think in the locker room, what's said in the locker room stays in the locker room, kind of thing. I feel like that's always kind of been a rule. But as a fan, as like a real hockey fan, not like as a like an amateur hockey fan, I want to know like the real shit that's going on in the locker room, and that's never released because of that. So it is kind of cool to see what the fuck was actually like kind of going on there. But again, it's Sean Avery. He's always stirred the pot. So I don't know if you can, I guess, put too much into what he's saying. But still, it's interesting nonetheless. And I'm going to get the book. What do you have on this? Uh, I love Sean Avery, the hockey player. Loved every second of it. From his time, Detroit, LA, Rangers, wherever the fuck, Dallas, he was kind of a loser. I fucking can't stand him recently, this, like, post-retirement thing, whether it's the homeless people or this shit. He's trying to make money. He's trying to get page views and stuff, so. I guess, but, like, you can do it. Like, he could do it in such a better way. If Sean Avery uses town correctly, he could just literally go on Twitter or, like, Facebook or, like, TSN. He could get on any Hockey Night show and just rip people and make fucking millions from it. Can you imagine There's Sean Avery on NHL Network instead of, like, Kevin Lewis? Well, can you imagine if it was Milberry, Roenick, and Sean Avery in a fucking movie? <laughs> no, so because they would actually fight. Him and Milberry would actually a, go. It's a waste of talent for him to be writing this shit. Like, one, I thought, like, the Bugard thing, while well, that's his opinion at the same time, like... Leave him out of it? I don't know. I kind of. Like, I feel like he kind of made the whole Bugard thing about him and then about how, like, what he would do. 
I mean, I know this is fucking probably cliche as fuck to say, but people, like, mourn in their own fucking ways. Like, you don't know what was going on with Torts. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was a really questionable call. Like, I know people that don't go to funerals for people they care about. Like, it's a shitty thing. I, I don't know. I just don't think you can put someone yourself in someone else's shoes. What if Torts all this time and he's still holding it over himself does blame himself for Derek Bugart's death? Like, what if that's why he didn't go and that's why he was fucking eating up and now you're bringing that up in like a dickheadish way when maybe Torts knows that was a part of it. I mean, so that, for me, that was kind of questionable. I thought the other part was kind of funny talking about like how Marion Gabbard hated him because of course Marion Gabbard. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. Marion Gabbard doesn't want to play fucking defense or back check or block a shot, dude. Are you trying to, like, in what world did Eddie Rangers fan think that Tortorella and fucking Marion Gabbard were fucking sharing SpaghettiOs on the back of the airplane? Like, 0% chance. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like no fucking dog. And <laughs> as for Hank, whatever. I don't know what's going on with Hank. I don't know if it's true or false. I think it was more, I think Avery was just pissed that Tortorella told him not to invest in his, in his thing. Right, and I don't know, dude. I mean, I feel like Hank prospered because of Tortorella's system. I think it fucking gave him some of the best years of his career. Yeah. For being honest with a really kind of, not mediocre team, but I mean, say what you want about John Tortorella, and he, I question his coaching abilities. I kind of do. At the same time, he can take a mediocre group and fucking get them some Ws. He has Rex. great Decembers, dude. He's like the December man. He wins the Stanley Cup in the December, dude. He pretty much goes undefeated. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I... <sighs> It's so hard for me to shit on Sean Avery because he was so much fun to watch. And, like, if there's a Sean Avery in the league right now, I'd jizz my pants. I just – you know what I mean? It's kind of tough. Like, he's going down this weird road of where he's kind of desperate to make money. Like, I think he wants to be, like, Scott Disick or something. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I kind, I kind of – it goes both ways. Like, I kind of wish he stayed out of it. But at the same time, dude, like, I feel like this is this is exactly the type of shit that I want. Like, I want to read stuff like this. I want to know exactly kind of what's going on in the locker room. I it it's I don't know it's it can go either way. I'm always gonna be an Avery fan. I'm definitely gonna buy his book. I'm not a big reader, but I'm definitely gonna buy that and read it and like see what else is in that because he's an interesting guy. You know what I mean? He he's that fucking. I I kind of wanted to play the same way as him. I wasn't as like gnarly as he was, but I would always talk shit. You know what I mean? So I, I would love to see what was going through his head. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just think he did a couple things in that book to get some press when he probably didn't yeah. need to do it. It probably still would have been a fucking awesome read. Pro- arguably a better read if he didn't do that. That's my point. But I agree. I I actually thought about this the other day. Like, if we ever had Sean Avery on this podcast and I asked him, like, as a hockey player, like, I knew that you chirped a lot. I knew that you fought a lot, stuff like that. Was there ever a player that you were ever afraid of? Because I feel like... If you were being completely honest, there's definitely players in the league that you're afraid of. Like, I would never want to fight Zidane. Actually, like, I'm a bum. I wouldn't want to fight any of them. But, like, if I was an NHL player, I want to fuck with Chara. I want to fuck with Weber. Like, you know what I mean? Just, like, scary-ass dudes. And I don't know if he would, like, answer, like, honestly. Because, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think he would. And, honestly, he never really fought any heavyweights. So, it's, like, that's the thing. At the end of the day, did he ever fight any heavyweights? Who's the toughest guy ever fought? Like, David Clarkson? Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Still, you know what? It still gives us entertainment, though, and it still gives us something to talk about. Sure. Fair enough. He's fucking on our podcast, so I guess he did what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, Okay, now moving on. I'm a Rangers fan. How's a Bruins fan? So we're just going to talk about their preseasons really quick. Uh, The Rangers, I mean, they have Philip. His last name's C. 
what is it? C-H-Y-T-I-L. So you think it's Chido, but it's Heidel. Uh, he was our second first-round pick this year. Hal, I'm telling you right now, this kid's going to be legit. I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year or the year after that, but you better watch out because, like, kid's fucking good. And the couple games that he's played in, again, I know it's just a couple games, but talk about impressed. Like, this kid wasn't even supposed to, like, even talk about making a team, and now they may have him making the team. Um, their other first-round pick, Lias Anderson, he's, he plays, like, a solid game. He's not really that flashy. I kind of want to see him in a full year to see what goes on. I don't know if he's going to last the full year. I kind of hope he does just to see what happens there. Um, Anthony D'Angelo, if you tell me he gets regular minutes, I'm buying his jersey today. The guy, he's just like a little hothead Italian guy from New Jersey. He doesn't fuck with any bullshit. Makes a great first pass, as the uh, as the insider draft people say. And he's fucking awesome. Um, we have Neil Pionk, who's like a pretty good player. I think he's always going to be a fringe NHL player. Maybe he's not. You, If he ends up making it, go back to this episode and let me know. Um, what other players that we picked up? I mean, for the most part, that's kind of what's going on. Zuccarello looks great. Kreider skating. Rick Nash is still the best, uh, I guess, all-around forward that's making $8 million but should be making $3 million. Uh my biggest issue, and I mean, you can call it, is the fact that they think that Mark Stahl has a spot on this team, which which blows my mind. They they lost tonight. He was on the ice for both goals, and both of them are arguably, arguably his fault. And he's playing against the Bad News Bears of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Hank looks good. Andre Pavlich doesn't look terrible. I thought he was going to look way worse. He looks average. Um, average. He's not as good as your other backups. Book that yes, shit. yes, but he does look a little bit better than what I thought he was going to look like. Um, yeah, and that's team, what. You think this Rangers team is a cup contender? Be honest. At this second, is that what yeah. you ask? Absolutely not. Absolutely Why? not. But why? The lack of center depth on the team. The fact that they haven't had a number one true center since Mark Messier, I think that's kind of a huge thing. If you let the kids develop, I don't really know what's going to happen. I'll tell you what, Shattenkirk's looked really good. If they don't have Marshall play on defense and they run their best 6D, not based on contract, they have a very, very, very good defense. They have McDonough, Shattenkirk, Brady Shea, Brendan Smith, uh, D'Angelo. Holden's not bad for a third-pairing defenseman. Like, their D isn't bad. Henrik Lundqvist, he's he's dropped a little bit. Still a pretty good goalie. I don't want to, I wouldn't say he's the top goalie anymore, but I still think he's a pretty good goalie. Their wings, they have great wingers. They have a, they have a bunch of depth at forward on the wings. Still playing center. What? Is JT Miller still going to play center? They they said he was until not not this game, but last game they put him on the wing with Philip Hedl uh, because they're like really giving this kid a look. Um. A lot of things are going to have to happen for the Rangers to be cup contenders. They're going to need Pavel Buchnevich. They're going to need one of the turkeys. They're going to need Jimmy VC. They're going to need to have a bunch of these younger kids like have good years. And like it can happen. Like I'm not saying it can't happen, but right now, if you if you ask me right this second, before the season started, do the Rangers have a chance of making like a Stanley Cup run? I would say a hard no. But they're going to be fun to watch. But you know what? Like people develop. Shit happens throughout the course of the year. 
who knows? Maybe maybe these kids are going to be awesome come trade deadline. Like you know what I mean? Like things can happen where in a couple months from now I'll be like, holy shit! All right, maybe they're the real deal. But right this second, just because they don't have any centers, man. Like Mika Zibanejad's their first line center. That's not yeah. a stu- that's not a Stanley Cup contending team. You know what I mean? So yeah, but all at the same time, Nashville did make it to the Stanley Cup without a center. Ryan Johansson, uh, who's a no, oh, you're right. he was there for Ryan Johansson was is better than Mika Zibanejad. Much better, yes. yes. No, 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 no. I think I think Mika is like the perfect number two center, and who knows, dude? I mean, he had a good year. He broke his leg and he came back, still had fifty plus points. So I think he's still a pretty good player. But it, you know, it, uh, you let ask me come trade deadline, I'll let you know what I think. But right um, now, not a Stanley Cup contender, but. Very, very intrigued, very, like, interested in watching that all these young kids play. Anthony D'Angelo, I'm telling you right now, this kid's a fucking real deal. I love him. Right-handed shot, plays with an edge, dude. If anybody comes near his goalie, he'll fight. He fought the other night for no reason. He's got a good shot from the point, and, like, for the first time, the Rangers have a defenseman who, like, a right-handed defenseman that can make a fucking great first pass. Yeah, he has, he has, I'm gonna, I just, he, all, all over him, I can tell that he, he's going to be getting in some shit with the Bruins. Like, I'm not going to like him. You think so? I don't. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Rangers-Bruins, like, it's not a rivalry, but whenever there's a guy who stirs the pot on either one of those two teams, there always seems to be some shit that goes down. Yep. I think that'll happen. I mean, honestly, dude, I'm so, like, relieved. Like, it's been, like, four years. The Rangers are always fringe contenders, and, like, you guys had, and then you guys had some really strong, strong years. And I think those years have kind of passed where you're like in this rebuild where you're close. Rebuilding you're on gonna, the fly is what they call there. it. Yeah, but my point being is like humbled Rangers fans is so fucking refreshing my ears. Like here we were last year about a couple – like one week later than this, about a year to this day when I said the Penguins were the favorite out of the East and you told me that the Rangers are fucking so much better than them. Like it's not – and it's not just you. It's Rangers fans in general. Like – I'm noticing this humbler Rangers, Rangers listen, fan. Listen, listen, sure. listen, listen. We didn't play. We didn't play the Penguins in the playoffs. Okay, we lost the Senators, as did you. If we beat this, we should have beat the Senators in five games. But that's AV and putting Mark Stahl on the ice. That's not me. If I'm the coach, I win that second fucking round matchup. Third round matchup. I'm not saying we beat the Penguins, but I tell you what, we give them a hell of a lot stronger series than the Senators did. I don't know. I don't know how you make that argument. I make it because I fucking want to. Yeah, I know you do, but my it's hard to argue that you would do so much better in the third round than the team that beat you in the second round. Like They beat no, you! I'm not making any arguments. I didn't think the, I did not pick the Bruins win the Stanley they Cup. They beat year. you and you didn't even have Mark Stahl on your team. I and I have not said one positive word about the Boston Bruins currently, so I don't know what you're fucking I'm just so, saying, dude, I think Mark Stahl being on your team is a gigantic wild card. That's great, dude, but he's still here, so... Fuck you, shame. dude. That's that's a low blow. <laughs> oh, and one one other thing. They they brought in this guy from the KHL, Alexi Bears-Glazov or whatever, Bears-Glazov, and it's really funny because before the season started, you go on HF boards and you start reading about like what their lineups are and shit, and everybody's like, this Bears-Glazov, and they gave him like, nicknames. They're like, this guy's sick. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, none of these assholes have ever seen this guy play a game. They just know that he's from the KHL and he's coming over here. This guy was like literally like a step, a very small step above Mark Stahl, and they cut him on the second cut. 
is he playing in the AHL? Is he gonna stay? He has a he has a thing in his contract where if he gets caught, he can go back to KHL. So I doubt he'll stay here. Or he's gone. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Fucking Russians. That's stupid. Whatever. I mean, you guys. Is he a defenseman? Yeah. He dude. He plays just like Mark Saul. Like the same kind of like. Like I thought this guy was gonna come over. They call him the Bear. And I thought he was going to come over and, like, fuck shit up in the corners and shit. Softer than baby shit. Slow as shit. He's literally Mark Stahl, except for just a little bit faster. Which pisses me off. That brings me to my next thing. How in your fucking right mind do you think that Mark Stahl is an NHL defenseman? How? Is it be, it, can you tell me, is it because he makes $5.7 million a year? Is that the only reason that he's in the NHL is because he makes that much money? I think if he was the sixth defenseman making like a million dollars on like a Chicago or Pittsburgh Penguin team, I think he would be a formidable no leader. He can't I move that. He can't move the puck to those forwards. He wouldn't work. I'm telling you right now. You look at the Penguins and you look at the Blackhawks. All their defensemen they'd not be that good, but at least they're kind of quick on their feet and they can kind of move the puck. Mark Stahl lacks both of those things. I don't know. Both those teams have had some pretty questionable defensemen that have prospered. Not as questionable as fucking Mark Stahl. I don't know, dude. I, He's the worst fucking player in the league, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the Rangers will be interesting. The thing, too, I don't know why that Russian came over. I think Brady Shea will have a breakout year. I'm a huge Brady Shea fan. He's, He's a good great. player, dude. Him and him and Brendan Smith are going to be very, very good with each other. I think. Is that your two? Is that your second pair? I'm hoping so. I think honestly, it's probably going to be McDonough, Shattenkirk, Brady Shea, Brendan Smith, and then D'Angelo, and whoever else. But what's going to piss me off is because I know AV that third line pairing is going to be Holden and Stall, and D'Angelo is probably not going to play. That'd be a dream scenario. Maybe you move him. Who knows? Move who? Stall, but I was just kidding. You're not going to move Stall. Never. Never. That guy, listen, I don't wish injury upon anybody, but, like, go get hit by a bus, dude. Go play in traffic. Like, stop ruining my fucking life, for the love of God. I I know, like, being invested in NHL teams kind of pathetic, but, like, I am, and you're ruining literally everything. But But that's what it is. That's what it is. I've never met this guy. I hate him more than anybody in my entire life. That's fucking harsh. <laughs> Alright, talk about the Bruins because I'm getting sick. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited about the Bruins season. They're not really a cup contender. They're like a year or two away. Young team, though. Young team with a lot of very, very good young Talia McAvoy. Who, who's the guy that his nickname's like three letters? He's a Swedish kid. JFK. Yep. We have JFK. Uh, Anders Bjork is fucking a stud. That kid is ready to play. I am pumped about that. He got pasta signed. So things are looking up in Boston right now for the first time in a while, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, there's the problem is is we have so many players and so little room. You can argue so many young guys. I mean, Bjork, who I just talked about, has looked really good with Marshand and Bergeron. It looks like he's going to be on the first line with them. Oh no shit. Rookie? Yeah, out of Notre Dame. Check your Notre fantasy, Dame. boys. That could be a good one. Yeah. He looks calm with the puck. He has, I think he has like four points in three games or something like that already. I might have just totally made that up. But seems like he's on the scoreboard every single time. He plays uh, second line. Jake DeBrusque, who was one of the first round picks that year, we had three straight, has been playing with Pasternak and Krejci, another rookie. He looks pretty good. He had a rough night tonight, I guess, against Detroit. But he's fast. Who is that? Motor. Jake DeBrusque. He's like 15th overall. That's not JFK? No. Okay. Uh, JFK's look good. So is Danton Heinen, 
who's a really good another another young guy who should have won a national championship at Denver last year. He was their leading scorer the year before, but he left a year early to come to Boston to try to play. He looked really good. I mean, that's the problem. Sean Corrales looked good. Nola Chari's looked good. Achari. Um, I like that guy. He's uh, the guy who hits hard, right? Yeah. We have uh, Kenny Agostino, who was the leading scorer in the AHL last year. He won a national championship at Yale. Dude, what a move that kid put on the uh, overtime the other night. Yeah, ice cold. He had, he didn't put it together for the Blues. He signed a one-way contract, so I guess they're kind of expecting him to move in, which is exciting. And the best player for us in the preseason has been uh, Austin Zarnick, which is crazy. I think He's that kid's guy. sick. That's the yeah. Czech. That's the Czech kid, right? No, he, no, yeah. Austin Zarnick's uh, American. Who's the Czech kid? Saralik, Solarik. Yeah, how's he playing? Uh, I don't think he's gonna make the team. He's a first liner in the AHL though. He's close. He's still like twenty. He played. Uh, he played a few games with you guys last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He well, he had that really good game against the Rangers, and then he kind of fizzled out. Yeah. Um. But Zarnik, who's like twenty four now, he's like five foot nine. If you check his college hockey tape, it's fucking unreal. Guys, unreal highlight tape. He came up last year and played some really big games, and he has nonstop energy. He's quick with the puck. He's been the best Bruins player in the preseason, so that's kind of pushing. Matt Bolesky's like 10 pounds lighter, and he actually looks good. Okay, Kevin Hayes. He looks like he did when he first came over. Do you think he just got rid of, uh, do you think he got tattoo removal? He took off that stupid Chinese symbol? or No, he's, I'm telling you. He was wearing the A the other night in the preseason game, which was nice, so they're giving him some love. Can I go back Bolesky. to the Rangers really quick after you just said that? Very, very fast. Uh, they interviewed David DeHarnay between uh, between oh, uh, periods Christ. the other night. He's actually, like, decent. I, I'm kind of a fan of him. They asked him who, like, the leaders in the locker room were, and he said Ryan McDonough, obviously, and he goes, yeah, and guys like Kevin Hayes. And that blew my mind that he thought Kevin Hayes was a leader. Yeah, that kind of shows your current state. So back, right? Yeah, back keep going. I'm sorry. That was just a fun fact. Back to the Bruins. I mean, so, yeah, we got all that forward depth. Guys are going to go hot, go cold, so you don't really know what's going to happen there. And then on D. I Who do you got? You got Chara, Chara, so Krug, Miller. Krug's injured. Krug's injured for the first three weeks. So we have Chara, McQuaid, Miller. Uh, McAvoy, Miller, Carlo. Carlo's looked really good. He looks back to where he started That last kid's year, pretty sick. Is, is he going to be with Chara, you think? Yeah, he's going to stay with Chara. Um, McAvoy's actually kind of struggled in the preseason, but doesn't really surprise me that much. I guess he's always been known for playing better in big games. I think he's going to have growing pains this year. People are expecting a superstar. I, can, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I think he's going to have growing pains, but I think by the end of the year, it's going to be a pretty awesome product to watch. I yeah. just think he's going to need some time, and he's definitely going to have some rough periods and shifts. Dude, uh, it's a lot of pressure on a kid to come in the playoffs and play like that and then have everybody expect that you're going to like perform to those standards. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'm glad to. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad that they're going to be giving him third line minutes too. Oh, he's not playing game. a lot. No, he's well. He's playing with Kevin Miller on the third line. I like Krug that guy. That's a good guy to put him with. Yeah, stick up for him and stuff. I think the problem is Krug took a slap shot to the face. He's out for like three weeks. When that so happened? Uh, two preseason games ago. He so, took a slap shot to the face. Yeah, or like a puck to the face. So he's got a dislocated jaw or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's. Uh, so we have like, money. and he was looking awesome. So we have like three rookies. We have all these young defensemen. Jake Saboro, who was another one of those three first-round picks that one year. And then uh, O'Gara, who was the captain of Yale when they won the national championship. Both fighting for a spot. They look really good, too. 
I don't know. It's exciting, man. I just that was really long winded. I apologize to our listeners. No, dude, that's perfect. That because everything that you're saying, if I was a Bruins fan, I would be like, uh, exactly, exactly what you said. I'd be excited. There's a lot of that's new good. blood coming in. A lot of young, new, talented blood that. The Bruins, pro- they desperately need that shit, dude. The last couple of years, you guys have been kind of doing the whole stick with what worked back in like 2011 and kind of just do this. This is this is good for the Bruins. This is good for the Bees, I think. They just, yeah, they just look like, it just looks like it's going to be a fast team and a fun team. Are they going to be best? No. Tuca looked great the other night. I mean, Tuca will have a good year, I think. And then, Do you make the playoffs? I think we definitely make the playoffs. I really feel confident we make the playoffs. I don't think we do much. I don't consider us a Stanley Cup contender, but who knows? I, I don't. I think Ottawa and Toronto could both possibly have down years. I mean, you I guys got you, dude. You like, guys, uh, you guys got depth down the middle. You have Bergeron, you have Krejci. Those are your number two, your one and two centers, which is huge. Who's like your third line center? Uh, either Ryan Spooner or David Backus. Those aren't those aren't three bad centers, man. And then well, you have a young defense who's hopefully going to learn throughout the course of the year. You have strong leadership with Bergeron and Chara. Uh, Tuka Rask, I know the Boston media gets on him, but he's, I, I'll say it right now, man, I, if he was on the, I would take him over Hank right now, just because Hank's a little bit older. I think Tuka Rask is sick. I think he's very, very underrated. I think the Bruins, because you're in Boston, you have the Patriots and you have all that shit, people just expect to win and stuff like that. I think Tuka Rask is an incredibly underrated goalie who's nasty. I, who knows, man, you guys get to the playoffs and that's the thing. If you get to the playoffs, anything happens. Look at the goddamn Predators. They swept the they sure. swept the Blackhawks and they went they went all the way and they almost beat the Pens. So, so I mean, really, if you kind of sum up how we both just talked about our teams, very similar. So um, kind of rebuilding on the fly, but young guys trying to make some noise. It'll be interesting, interesting for both teams. So I think I think you guys have better leadership on the forward end when it comes to the younger forwards. Because because David DeHarnay said that we have Kevin Hayes being a leader in the locker room. So. Yeah, it's kind of tough. That's a tough look. Yeah. I, mean, I can't believe you're a DeHarnay guy. I'm gonna have to fucking get you a jersey. You know what, man? I and like I kind of went in thinking I was gonna hate him just because of how much you told me about him. He's he's pretty fast, man. He's quick. He's shifty. He hasn't really done anything to really piss me off. I mean. I'm not a Bruins fan, so I didn't really see him play that much when he was in Montreal, and I don't know what he did to the bees, but like he's quick, and that's something. Montreal. The Rangers Montreal. play run and gun, man. I'm telling you, Montreal fans hated him by the end. Like Montreal fans ride or die most of their players. I feel like so. Who knows, man? Maybe maybe David David DeHarnay is going to be a good Ranger. We'll do a DeHarnay update, but I fucking makes me sick that you just said that. Continue. Could it's be. like Vinny Possible two point Dude, maybe David DeHarnay wins a Conn Smythe this year. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All, right. All right. Uh, now we're gonna go to our voicemail part of this uh, episode. So I'm gonna need everybody to be really quiet because the voicemails are kind of silent. But I'm gonna try to play it. Here we go. Hey, this is uh, Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Oh, I dig what you guys are doing. That's a great idea. Um, I got a question for you. Just uh, obviously uh, coming from an enforcer-based podcast that I have, I'm gonna ask you guys. Uh, who are your favorite uh, tough guys, and uh, maybe your uh, your top five all time uh, fighters? All right, boys. Hey, make sure to vote on the uh, Bob Probert Invitational. All right, boys. Take it easy. Have a good night. Bye. The bro- the Bob Probert Invitational is something I can get behind. Oh, 100 percent. I voted on a couple of times. He's had some really good matchups. Do you know his Twitter handle by 
uh, I can look it up. Keep talking. There was one that I voted on. It was uh, it was Ty Domi versus who's the uh, guy from the Flyers who was like nails back in the day. Schultz. Yeah. And Ty Domi was winning that. I was like, you fucking kidding me? Dave Schultz was an absolute nut job. Yeah, we've got a recency bias there. No, but it's definitely cool. I mean, I would follow that account when he gets the name out just because, I mean, it's all about the fighting, right? Awesome. He throws out some good throwback fights all the time. So it's it's at it's at fourth line voice four th line voice. Uh, open invite to Darren when if you ever want to hop on the podcast, man, talk some hockey fights. Let us know, and you're you're more than welcome to come on here. We uh, yeah, come on whenever you want. So Hal, what do you got for us with your uh, favorite current fighters and favorite past fighters? All right, you want to do current first? I'll go. You go. Go and go back and forth. sounds good. All right, we'll go one at a time. So I'll, how about we pick two current fighters, two old fighters? Okay, that sounds good. Go for it. All right, first, I was trying to think, like, this is tough, because I was trying to think who is the best heavyweight in the league right now. And, like, heavyweights are, like, a dying breed. Yeah, and forces are, like, out. The three names I came up with are, like, heavy heavyweights currently in the league. Ryan Reeves, uh, Anthony Peluso, and Gazdick. Peluso and Gazdick, Luke Gazdick, are, like, AHL though that's the issue. I think I think Luke Gazdick might be the best fighter, hockey fighter in North America right now, but he can't stay on an NHL lineup, so he's not good enough. I mean, he speed bags guys. He's strong. He has the stamina. You can tell the dude's in shape. He's Sick last name. Sick last name. Guys in the locker room love him. Huge Gazdick guy. I would vote him. He's not in the league, so I guess I would have to fight vote. Or if I'm voting super heavyweight right now, I guess it's Ryan Reeves. But I think. There's a little hype going on with him right now just because he just got moved to the Capitals or whatever. Could be. All right, what do you got? Uh, current NHL guys. Uh, I picked two. I love Darnell Nurse. I feel like he's he's like a current old-time kind of player when it comes to fighting and shit like that. Not afraid to drop the gloves. He's he's small. He's I mean, he's tall, but he's he's not like a huge dude. Uh, that video last year of him like beating the shit out of somebody, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, and his dad's in the stands with Runamon. Awesome. Pretty sure his like second cousin or his uncle is Donovan McNabb. That's a DUI plus points. The uh, only issue I have with you saying I Darnell Nurse got fucking speed bagged by Elon Lucci. Dude, like, his name is Darnell, dude. You don't fuck with a guy named Darnell. It's just it's just tough when like one of your teammates like your rookie year fucking pounded you. Your rookie so, like, year, you're gonna, fighting the hunchback in Notre Dame that's known to fuck people up. Right, that's respect. You know, that's why you. That's why you give him props, but he's not on the same level as Lucic, who I didn't pick just because I didn't want to sound like a homer. But continue. Okay. He's a great fighter, but he's. And, and then my second, my second pick. He is one of my favorite fantasy options because we play in a league where penalty minutes really matter. Don't really know how to say his name. Mark Borietsky. Did I nail that? From the Ottawa Senators, he's just kind of a psychopath, a bald, weird-looking dude that'll fight pretty much anybody, kind of plays on the edge when it comes to uh, playing the game. I don't think he's really ever been suspended. He'll throw with just about anybody. He puts up a lot of pims. He's kind of the guy that I like out of Ottawa, which is weird because I don't really like Ottawa. I think Ottawa's a bunch of pussies, but I, I like the Borietsky guy. I guess. I mean, I'm a Bruins fan, so I have issues with Borietsky. He is, I mean, you're right. He fights... He fights. He fights. He, he, it, has there ever been a guy a time where somebody's like, hey, Borietsky, let's go, and he says no? No, there's not. But, I mean, he's a good fighter. He fights Matt Marin a lot. Matt Marin's Oh, Matt Marin would have been a good name. Yeah, but he's not the best fighter, though. 
I mean, Borowski's definitely a good pick. Was it best or favorite? Favorite, I guess. If favorite, fa- favorite I wise, I think the best, without a doubt, is probably Ryan Reeves, right? Just because he's so big. Yeah. yeah, I put my second guy that I talked about with current players as a homer pick was McQuaid. I love the fucking dark quader. Just because, however you're going to put it, he's 6'4". He's got, like, the craziest reach. He's got an uppercut that kills. He's a light heavyweight. Like, like the heavyweight guys I mentioned, Reeve, Peluso, Gaznik, he's not them. Like, he is not on their level. But pound for pound, I truly believe he is the best light heavyweight in the league. If you look at his fight card, the amount of knockouts he has is, like, unbelievable. And he fights constantly, 20 pounds under the guy he's fighting, constantly. Is he is he the best fighter on the Bruins? Yes, Chara? I believe. Well, I mean, Chara will always, technically, while he's on the team, probably be the best fighter on the Bruins. But if you gave him anybody else, I think he beats Kevin Miller in a fight. Yeah, 100%. I would give Adam McQuaid 100% the best fighter on the Bruins card. I just... He can throw, and he knows when to fight. He picks the right times to fight. Who do you think the himself into the boards? He's a fucking great fighter. Who do you think the best fighter on the Rangers is? That's a tough question. I think it's because they don't have any. I think it's probably Chris Kreider, just because he's stronger than everybody else. But he punches like a girl. Strong. How did D'Angelo fight? Oh yeah, yeah, but Kreider, dude, Kreider's so much stronger than anybody else. Then like, you have to be like a guy like Lucic. I think Lucic up beat up Kreider, but, and then other than that, it's just because he's stronger, dude. He'll, he'll like, he'll ragdoll people without throwing any punches. Like, he'll just, like, slam to the ice, pick him up, slam to the ice, and not throw any punches. He's just stronger than anybody. D'Angelo actually was a pretty good fighter, though. He had a good fight the other night. Tough call. I mean, that's a tough call. I guess you could say that. I mean... Zuccarello for sure not, because he fought Oshie, and he kind of got pumped by Oshie. Maybe, maybe, maybe Rick Nash, because he beat up Matt Calvert. Shout out, shout out Stu Bickle. I found out, like, the other night that he led the AHL in penalty nuts last year. So good Fuck yeah, dude. Staying to his, uh, sticking to his guns. Okay, now, uh, all-time, all-time favorite fighters. Yeah, you go first. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go three Rangers. My first Ranger, Darren Langdon. Uh, if you don't know who he is, I don't know if there's many YouTube videos of this guy, but he was fucking awesome. He showed up to the Rangers, I think it was his camp, in a pair of overalls because he didn't really come for much. He didn't have much, so Mark Messier had to go out and buy him a suit. He'd fight anybody. He was tough as fuck. I just, Darren Langdon, he he was sick. I don't know if you ever remember watching him fight, Hal, but he he was the real deal. Uh, the what? You won the cup. Darren Langdon? I don't think so. I think he was after the cup. Uh, my second fighter, Sandy McCarthy. Uh, I think he's an African-American player, another New York Ranger. Big dude. Would always fight. Kind of just like Langdon, but i pick Langdon over Sandy McCarthy just because his name's Sandy. Uh, it's kind of a fighter's name, though. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a good fighter. Again, he he played on the edge. He, I would consider him kind of a scumbag. I've been trying to get a hold of him, but I can't find any contact information because I'd love to get him on this thing. Uh, but, yeah, big big Sandy McCarthy guy. And then, and then my last all-time favorite fighter is Ryan Holwig. Uh, guy had a steel plate in his head, went around, got got dummy by Chris Simon with a stick to the face, but he'd fight just about anybody. He was a little pit bull, and I loved Ryan Holwig, so that'd be my third fighter. Those are some good ones, man. Like I, I know they're all Rangers, they're all kind of Homer picks or whatever, but like they all have a place in my heart. That's fair. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I Sandy McCarthy was my favorite. Dude, Sandy McCarthy was awesome, man. And Holwick kind of fucking sucks, but 
I, I respect it. I'm going to go with my two, my first. Did you say Holig sucked, dude? Get the yeah. fuck out. How many? He probably holds a record in the NHL for career uh, checks from behind. Whatever. So, shut the fuck up. He definitely does. Posted a photo of my guy. My number one is Peter Worrell. Jesus. I mean, if you go on YouTube and you just type in Peter Worrell, you will see so many photos of him going three on one, four on one after <laughs> the game. It doesn't matter. He's throwing shivering right elbows at people. He fought anybody. He lost his mind when Steve Moore got dummy by Todd Bertuzzi. He was just huge. I mean, he was a he was an NFL offensive lineman on skates, and he fought. They did, and, and he looked great in Florida Panther Red, dude. He looked great in Florida Panther Red. Is he a hockey player? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the presence, yeah. Because I mean, if you think about it. The, the 90s NHL enforcers, I could have named so many 90s NHL enforcers. They are all such beauties. Like, Don't you miss that, here. man? Don't you like you miss that like time in the NHL where like there were fighters and you knew exactly who they were? And like when you're playing NHL video games, like you trade for them to make sure like on your fourth line that gets out maybe two shifts throughout the entire course of the original PlayStation game, but they get out there. Yeah, I mean, if you just think about it, there was at one point, in the 90s, the Bruins division had P.J. Stock, Ty Domi, Rob P.J. Stock, dude. All those guys in one league. They just the pure fighting was unbelievable. So you think about all those like good old boy P. Canadians. P.J. Stock. This beer yeah. right here is for P.J. Stock. That guy was fucking awesome. Yeah, he's kind of a clown now on radio, but we won't talk about that. My number two is my other homer pick as a Bruins fan. Uh, Terry O'Reilly. Oh, my God. Yeah, all the other Bruins. I mean, at the, here's the end of the day, Terry O'Reilly's the only guy to be. I mean, he was there for Orr. He was there for Bork, Phil Esposito, Middleton, all of those guys who protected them. Terry O'Reilly. He put up like 400 points, too. He fought everyone. He fought Schultz. Great last he name to have, too. Yeah, Irish guy in Boston. Yeah. Boozer. Stuck up for his team. Team captain, too. I mean, there aren't too many fighters that are also the centerpiece of your team anymore like that doesn't happen like, i would i would love to like look through all the teams like team captains and see what ones like through yeah probably not like, many no i mean just beauty just yeah. the beauty of a player so that's my guy good list though i think we had some good fighters there we had some throwback fighters that i don't think people have heard of in years like i don't think when's the last time hey listeners let me know the last time you knew of the name sandy mccarthy or pj stock and let me know it's been a hot minute but i remembered sandy mccarthy that was a very good sandy call mccarthy was sweet dude and you can't find him anywhere like he's off the grid i've literally googled his names because i want to send him an email and be like listen we're doing a podcast i would love to have you on because like I, I feel like if i threw him five bucks you come on probably doesn't take much for sandy to show up that's what i'm saying dude Maybe send him a six pack and just hang. How cool would it be if we if if we're doing this Google Hangout right now? You see you see my face and we had S- Sandy McCarthy. We we'd have to make him wear his old CCM bucket, like the white one, like the big ass CCM bucket. And Looks like it has fucking drill holes in the side of it. Yeah, dude, and just have him talk about fucking hockey. That'd be unreal. I want to know what, if anybody has a connect with Sandy McCarthy. Let us know. I'd appreciate it. But uh, again, fourth line voice. Darren, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. You're more than welcome to come on this podcast whenever you want. Uh, it was a good question. I appreciate that shit. So, uh, moving on, ACHA update. So this week, Hal released a blog about Bizdev Dale uh, going back to the Siena Saints. Uh, 25 year old, super, super, super senior, playing in his last semester of club hockey. 
Uh, we're doing the ACHA Beauty of the Week this year where all ACHA teams can send us a brief paragraph with a picture telling us why these kids are like the nail guns of the league and we're going to award guys. Uh, breaking news, we're going to have t-shirts for these guys. So you win, you get a t-shirt. Sick t-shirts. Uh, what, what were you going to say, huh? Oh, man, I, it'll be exciting to watch seeing a 25-year-old hero. Read the blogs. I know it's like, why the fuck do I care? You should care. We're going to try to make him look as sweet and as stupid at the same time. Um, it's cool, though. I mean, like like we talked about earlier, I said I sound like I'm 41. I went on a fucking cruise this weekend. I went to bed at 9.30. My life sucks. And he's out here fucking, is he at the townhouses right now? Yeah, he is. He's at the townhouses yeah. living it up. So, 25-year-old Biz Devdale right now is at college. In the senior townhouses are just fucking glorified dorms. Hopefully he had a couple 19-year-old girls. Keep it young. Yeah, so shout out to him. I mean, that is the dream at the end of the day. So if you hate on that, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, we're going to have t-shirts like I just said. The beauty, uh, ACHA Beauty of the Week. Uh, these guys from Product of CA Hockey are helping us out. So if you guys get a chance, follow at C-P-T-J-A-Y-B-E-E-10. That's C-P-T-J-A-Y-B-E-E-10 on Twitter. Or at P-C-H underscore apparel. P-C-H underscore apparel. These guys are going to be hooking, up, hooking us up with t-shirts to be able to give out to all you club hockey beauties. I'm more of a club hockey guy than I am an NCAA guy. I feel like the NCAA guys just, like, drink Spark and, like, do, like, plyometrics on the weekend instead of, like, getting after it with the boys. So I'm a big club hockey guy. I feel like we kind of love the game a little bit more, but just genetics really weren't in our favor. And at the end of the day, we can tell all all the people in the world how many fucking ligaments we tore in our knees and shit to really get out of uh, playing D1. So I'm a big club hockey guy, ACHA Beauty the Week. Make sure you send them in. That's at, uh, Send it to MorningSkatePodcast at gmail.com. MorningSkatePodcast at gmail.com with your nominations. If you play ACHA, know somebody who plays ACHA. Any sort of club hockey shit, send me a quick paragraph with a picture of whoever you're nominating. The first one will be live October 2nd. We have, we have about a dozen entries, and there's one in particular that's really standing out. They sent video. That's right, they sent video of why their person should be ACHA Beauty of the Week. So head on a swivel. First one premieres August or October 2nd, and that's what we got with the ACHA. Anything else, Hal? No. Fair enough. Okay, moving on. In our last segment, we're going to do our Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so uh, if you're new to us this year, we always do this every year. Dominic Moore, we love him. He's a great guy, but he's a shitty hockey player. So we decided to make this segment called Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros, where we name our Hero of the Week and our Zero of the Week. Hal, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Sure. I mean, how about we rotate? I'll do my hero. You do your hero. Sounds good, man. All right. My Hero of the Week is NBC. It's kind of fucked, but... So NBC and NBCSN, they've come out and said that they're going to black out all NHL games during the Olympics. So basically, what? if there's a televised game, they're not going to show any NHL hockey while the Olympics are on. NBCSN, NBC, none of it. They're shutting it the fuck down. No they're hockey at all? No, none on NBC or NBCSN. Zero. No NHL. Because... That's a power Gary, move. They're giving Gary Bettman the middle goddamn finger. <laughs> yeah, man. Kind of sucks for a hockey team. Like at the end of the day, if you have the package or you live in your market, you're going to get to see your team play anyway. So all that's really happening is that the NHL is losing ad revenue from having national televised games. So 
NHL can go fuck themselves. And I think that's a good way of NBC saying, too, you fucked up. The players are saying you fucked up. The TV station you have a contract with is saying you fucked up. Not, It's not looking good for the NHL. They're not going to be able to change anything, but at least it's a power move, right? No, yeah. I, uh, I wrote a blog earlier this week about Alex Ovechkin. Talking all tough. This did we talk about this last week? I don't know if we did or not. Um, yes. Alex Ovechkin pretending like he's a tough guy and then tucking his tail between his legs. I'm I'm one for anybody standing up against the NHL. We have a lot of people standing up against President Trump. I'm not trying to get political, but instead of standing up against pe- President Trump, can people start standing up to Gary fucking Bettman, dude? We're trying to grow this game of hockey. We're trying to have Olympics. We're trying to we're trying to fucking dangle. We're trying to you know get some big hits, uh, kick saving the beauty. We're trying to do that shit. So stop tweeting about Donald Trump and start tweeting about Gary Bettman. The guy's a fucking rat fuck. Um, I love the fact that NBC's doing this. I think this is kind of cool. It kind of sucks for us that we can't watch hockey, but at the same time, it's like, hey, Gary Bettman, suck my ass, dude. I'm done with your shit. I'm a big fan of that. Big fan of that. For sure. Glad you agree. All right, who's your hero? Uh, my hero this week is a uh, new blogger for the Morning Skate, Cousin Eddie. Give him a follow <laughs> at... Uh, my dog's knots. M y d o g s o. Oh wait, s n o t s. M y d o g s n o t s. That's right. His Twitter name is my dog snots. This guy's a real deal. Holyfield. He is a Toronto Maple Leafs guy. He writes Maple Leafs blogs. He got a radio DJ in Toronto with thirty five thousand followers to retweet his blog today because he's my cousin Eddie. This guy is the real deal. He he talks like us. He acts like us. He's a good dude. He loves Toronto. He's in the biggest hockey market in the entire world. If you guys get a chance, check it out. I don't care if you're a Maple Leafs fan or not. Guy writes good shit, and he gets pub, and he gets pay, uh, page views, and that's what we want. So my hero this week is is uh, Cousin Eddie. And you know what? Without I can't just give fuck. I just can't do that to Cousin Eddie. Uh, my other hero is at Sounder to the Core. S-O-U-N-D-E-R-2 T-H-E-C-O-R-E. Give him a check out. New Isles guy. From Seattle, Washington. But guess what? He's blogging the fucking Islanders because they don't know where they're going to be. Hopefully they move to Seattle. Not only that, he's a fucking hockey dad. He gives us the perspective of what it's like to be a hockey dad, which is something I always kind of want to know what the fuck was going through their minds. He's wrote a couple good New York Islanders blogs, and he's wrote, uh, I think, one or two really good dad blogs. So those are my two heroes of the week, the two new bloggers for the morning skate. You want to know why? Because I run the ship, and I, I need to let people know when they're doing a good job, and they're doing a fucking good job. How long until uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs blogger hates me, the Bruins fan, the Islanders blogger hates you, the Rangers fan? How long uh, until well, here's the, I haven't really talked to Eddie about it, but I talked to uh, – I don't want to call him by his real name because I don't think he said that. Bob. No, at Sounder to the core. I already told him that the Islanders suck. I already told him that. I thought it would be a pretty good banner by the fact that I'm a varsity team and he's a junior varsity team. So I think the little banner back and forth would be pretty funny. Um, maybe him and I can get on a podcast and talk about the Rangers Islanders. Actually, talk about something really quick because I have to plug something because I feel really bad about it. Talk about Cousin Eddie and the Maple Leafs. Cousin Eddie and the Maple Leafs. Okay, I'm back. Okay, so uh, if you guys get a chance, also check out at HockeyMom underscore Jody. Her name's Jody Anderson. She sent me a book. Oh, I'm going to tell you about the Jody. Movie. Yeah, she's cool as fuck. She sent me a book, Hockey Moms Aren't Crazy. Well, maybe yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. She sent me this book. It was featured on NHL Network. I would like to get her on the podcast and the Islanders Hockey Dad on the podcast at the same time. Hockey Mom, Hockey Dad, see if there's fireworks. I think that'd be fun. Puget Sound Pussy. 
I don't know what you just said, but it sounded great. <laughs> what did you say? Said Puget Sound pussy. I think he lives in Washington. I think Puget Sounds and Washington is just the first thing that came to mind. I guess so. All right, man. What's, what the fuck's your zero, dude? That made me uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable, too. My zero of the week is Ryan O'Reilly. Always. Actually, it's the Buffalo Sabres. Always. Let's go, hey, Pat Valentine. Fuck yourself, dude. Uh, turn it up, Pat. I won. There was, like, last week we didn't talk on this. Eichel was riding a tandem bike with Bust Reinhardt. It's like, oh, they're so zany. I lived in Buffalo. That neighborhood's a shithole. I wouldn't want to ride a tandem bike through that. It's a piece of shit. It's a pack of lip at the uh, the French Connection Line statue and fucking then take a shit at the subway down the street. Like, it's not a nice neighborhood. And dodging I bullets. I, yeah, dude. That place sucked. So, like, cool. Jack Eichel, you're doing laps in the parking lot. Like, big deal, bud. I didn't care about that. And then Brian O'Reilly was doing a press conference and he had the rollerblade skate guards on or whatever. Did you see those? Yeah, that's like a new thing. Oh, I guess other people are doing the NHL. What are your, yeah, what are your thoughts on those? I couldn't really get a good read. Well, they are funny. If a kid on my team walked into the locker room with those, I would haze him. Those are roller skate skate guards. What about roller blade skate guards? I don't know. I mean, the the only other time Ryan O'Reilly's been in the news being on four wheels is when he fucking crashed his car into a Tim Hortons at 2 o'clock in the morning. Fair. That's fair. Forget it. So you, you can't be the Dewey guy and be the rollerblade fucking skate guard guy. That's not how it works. It's called mixed signals. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just Sick. think it's kind of... Buffalo's like coming out with like this zany vibe this year that like threw the cool kids on the block and I want them to get it out of my face. Okay. No, I agree with it. Uh, before I get into my hero, I just want to uh, really, really quick recap. We haven't talked to him about in a while. Alan Thick. If you guys get a chance, check out the Growing Pains theme song on YouTube.com. It's a great song. <laughs> All right, my hero of the week. Never watched an episode of Growing Pains. Show me that smile, oh, show me that smile. All right, moving on, my hero of the week. Oh, no, my zero. We're doing zeros, right? Yeah, the New Jersey Devils play-by-play. I watched the Devils play the Rangers tonight, and um, they were pretty much stroking their shafts at the fact that Drew Stafford's a New, New Jersey Devil going to be playing first-line minutes. Uh, they love the fact that Drew Stafford's on their team. They think he's a goddamn superstar, and I think the fact that you think that Drew Stafford's a superstar in the NHL, that makes you not even a zero. You are on the level of Mark Stahl. For the first time in a very you are for the first time in a very long time, Mark Stahl is not my zero because this asshole decided to tell me that Drew Stafford's a savior of the New Jersey Devils. They don't think he's a savior, do they? I really? I wish I there was some way I can insert the clip about them talking about Drew Stafford right now because they were they were they were choking it hard talking about Drew Stafford. I mean he's a fine player. He's a good veteran for their team, he's a good pickup. Drew fucking no Stafford, dude, is a fringe NHL player at best. That's a wrong take. No, he's you're a, a wrong take. I'm not a wrong right. take. You're a wrong take. Yeah, okay. Who's your second-line center? Tell me Drew Stafford isn't a fucking winger in the NHL. That's if the Rangers sure. signed Drew Stafford right now, I'd be pissed. I just don't <laughs> think that's really correct. I think he's... All right, Good Drew Stafford, dude, are you kidding me? Is it just because he's, he's is it just because he's a Bruins sure. guy? Is it just because no. he's a Bruins guy? I thoroughly enjoyed his play as a Bruin. Where did where did he uh, play college? Did he play in? 
No, he played in North Dakota, dude. Read a book. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know the Drew Stafford fucking biography. Yeah, well, let me tell you something about Drew Stafford. I wish He was so. fucking heavy metal. He fucking's great on the power play. He's responsible in his own zone. How was he in Behind the, the Bee, dude? prairie boy. Was he good in Behind the Bee? Drew Stafford does not fuck, dude. Yeah, dude. You fucking wish, dude. You wish you were Drew <laughs> Stafford. You're telling me that Drew Stafford fucks? A hundred percent, dude. You don't think he was up in the Palmville population back in his Buffalo days? And maybe, maybe I'm just... I don't know. There's there's a couple things that could be happening right now. Maybe it's because he was a Sabre. That could be a huge thing. And maybe the fact that the New Jersey Devils play-by-play guy thought that he was literally going to be like on their first line. I don't know. I mean, it's probably more of the Devils than anything else, but Drew Stafford. There's a lot of the Sabres yeah. in there, too, dude. Cause I, I, I don't think the only Sabre I could ever really respect is Jack Eichel because he's actually good. <sighs> it's true, dude. I don't know. I just I think you're being a little harsh. The Devils, they just fucking reach for whatever they can get. That's why they retired Eliash's number. Oh, yeah. Shout out to that guy that messaged me in, on Instagram calling me out on that shit. Hey, buddy, Patrick Elias still sucks. Newsflash. Um, but, yeah, I think that is our podcast, right? That's what we have? That's what we got. That's what we got. It's an hour and 15 minutes. you have anything else, Al? No, it's time for me to go to bed. Have okay. a good week. All right, and I'm going to play you out with a song called Don't Let Me Down. The song's a banger. Turn it up here. No. Nah.